Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. You know, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has plans for us. When he created us, even before he created us, he had plans in mind for us. So in order for us to be and to do everything that God has created us to do, we can't be held in chains. We need to be free. We need to be free to do what God has called us to do and to be who God called us to be. So today is our freedom day. In Jesus' name. You know what? Lies keep you bound, but the truth will set you free. Let me just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We just thank you for who you are. We thank you for the gift of eternal salvation through your beautiful son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the gift of freedom from bondage, freedom from the things that have been holding us back and keeping us down. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And Father, I pray that you open up our eyes of enlightenment today and let us see what you want us to see. Let us see the truth with a capital T, your truth. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us your wisdom and your keen discernment to be able to understand your word, Lord. I pray, Father, that you just speak through me. Push me out of the way. I surrender my mind, my will, my emotions, the breath in my lungs, my vocal cords. I surrender everything to you, Father. Get me out of the way and speak through me so that every single one of us can be changed by the power of your word. We love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 You know, right now, there's a battle going on around us. And I'm not talking about the battle that we see out in the world. No, I'm talking about a battle in the spiritual realm. It's something that we don't see, but it's happening. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that, that we're struggling and we're in a battle and we have an enemy. The battle in the spiritual realm is where the war is raging between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And whether you believe it or not, or whether we see it or not, it's true. And we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of that battle. So this month, for the entire month of July, I want to take time to talk about this, to talk about the spiritual realm and the impact that it has on our natural world that we actually live in. And I want to give you some tools so that you'll know how to fight in this battle that we're all in. And we're going to learn some strategic warfare. C.S. Lewis wrote a book. It's actually a compilation of articles called The Screwtape Letters. And there's a quote in there that I want to share with you. It says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to believe in their existence. The other, I mean, sorry, one is to disbelieve in their existence. And the other is to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. You know, I think some people give the devil way too much credit. Let me give you an example. 
Somebody gets stuck in traffic. They show up to late work. Their boss is upset. The whole day ends up being a mess. So they start thinking they're under demonic attack. No, the truth is they stayed up too late the night before, kept hitting the snooze button the next day, left the house late, showed up late, and it all dominoed from there. Then you have the people who downplay the spiritual realm. They'll believe in demons. That's about it. So I want to give you some biblical perspective on the spiritual realm and how it affects you. And I'm going to start today with just some basics. Then in the coming weeks, we'll talk about demons and how they operate. Then angels and what they do and the role they play in our lives. And I'll wrap it up by sharing with you the enormous, enormous power and presence of the Holy Spirit that we have available to us through Jesus Christ. Thank you. So if you will, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. It's in the New Testament, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. It says, are you guys there? It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, powers, and authorities of the dark world, of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. First of all, this tells us we have a spiritual enemy. We have an enemy in the spiritual realm, and his name is Satan, the devil, and he hates you. He hates us all. So he's been planning and scheming to hurt you. Actually, he's planning to take you out, and he doesn't fight fair, y'all. The Apostle Paul is telling us this. He's saying we're not even fighting against something we can actually see, like flesh and blood. We think our battle's against people. No, that's a lie of the enemy. Your boss is not your enemy. They may act like your enemy, but your boss is not your enemy. Your battle is not against your spouse. It's not against your kids. It's not against your neighbor. It's not against Hollywood. It's not against Washington. It's not even against this whole wokeism stuff going around. The battle we are all in is against the powers and principalities of this, this dark world. I want you to notice that. The scripture says very clearly, the world we live in is dark. Sometimes we sit around and wonder, why is all this happening? Hello, the Bible tells us the world we live in is dark. We can't be surprised. We cannot be surprised. That's the thing. The enemy wants to trick us and make us think, oh my goodness. We can't be surprised. The Bible tells us that. The truth is we live in a physical world, and yet there's a spiritual realm that's just as real as the world we live in, and it influences our natural world. But I got good news. Look at what verse 10 says. It says, we have the ability to come at this from a position of strength and power. You are not trapped. You're not helpless. And you are never, ever, ever alone in this. God is with you. God is always with you. All we have to do is lean on his strength, not our own strength. 
his strength. And that's what Paul is telling us. He's saying, be strong in the Lord and his power. We can't fight this alone. You can't fight this alone and you don't have to. That's the good thing. You don't have to. There are forces fighting on your behalf. You just can't always see them. We have to embrace that truth, y'all, that there is so much more going on than what we see with our natural eyes. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Go to the Old Testament, the book of 2 Kings chapter 6. There's a story of an epic battle going on in both the natural world and the supernatural realm. Here's the kind of background story. The Arameans were fighting against the Israelites, and they kept losing, kept losing all the battles. And it was because God was revealing to Elisha what the king of Aram's battle plans were so that Elisha could go tell the king of the Israelites. Well, when the king of Aram got word of that, he sent his army to go kill Elisha. So Elijah and his helper, they take off to the city called Dothan, and they start to hide out there. Well, night came. Elijah and his helper set up a tent, take a rest, and then the story picks up in verse 15. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. That's what he saw. That's what he saw that morning. So what happens? He says, Oh, no, my Lord. What are we going to do? And I'm going to stop right there and ask you, how many times have we done that? We hit a wall. We find so much is going on and we start wringing our hands saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Start worrying about it, trying to figure it all out. That's exactly what Elijah's helper did. He saw with his natural eyes and what he saw was this mighty army surrounding the city and he freaked out. He runs back in the tent and he tells Elijah, oh no, now what? What are we going to do now? And look at what Elijah says. First thing out of his mouth, verse 16, do not be afraid. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And then look what he did. He prayed. But watch his prayer. Verse 17, he prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around them. Notice how Elijah responded. First he said, don't be afraid. And then he prayed and he prayed specifically for God to open up his helper's eyes and help him see what's really going on. That there's a battle in the spiritual realm. Guys, it might be time for us to shift our thinking and our battle strategy. When trouble comes, instead of worrying, trying to fix it, or even even asking God to fix it, how about we pray to God and ask him to give us eyes to see what's really going on? Because when you do that, then you're going to see that God is there with you and he's already fighting your battles for you. You want to combat fear? That's how you do it right there. Because here's the deal. When you realize that you have nothing to be afraid of, You become fearless real quick. And I know that a lot of people in this room are going through some deep stuff. I'm not even trying to minimize that. That's not what I'm saying. I came to give you some hope. I came to give you some hope and remind you that you are never, ever, ever alone in the battle. And the next thing I want to remind you of is that your prayers are powerful and 
God is listening. He's always listening to your prayers. And don't think it has to be some fancy, eloquent prayer. No. Oh, God, I need you. That's good enough. That's good enough. He knows what you need, and he's always listening to your prayers. You need to remember your prayers are far more powerful than you think. We forget that. We forget that because we don't see anything happening right away when we pray, right? But here's the deal. The minute you pray, God hears and immediately starts dispatching what you need. Don't believe me? There's another story from the Old Testament. Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 10. There's a young man named Daniel, and he had been praying. And it didn't look like anything was happening. Three weeks later, three weeks later, an angel finally appears to him, and this is what he says. It's Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. He says, do not be afraid, Daniel. Wait, where did we just hear that? Didn't Elisha just said that? Don't be afraid. How many times does God say, don't be afraid? Don't be afraid. The angel told Daniel, do not fear, Daniel, since the first day you set yourself before God... You humbled yourself before God. You set your mind to gain understanding. I have come in response. God heard your words. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, the chief of all the princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. From the very first day that Daniel prayed, God heard him. He started moving things around in the spiritual realm on Daniel's behalf. Daniel didn't know that. He didn't see any results. But God's doing the same thing for you, friend. He heard your prayer. He hears your prayers. Don't stop praying. God hears every single one of your prayers. Keep praying. Just because the answer doesn't come right away doesn't mean nothing's happening. There are forces of darkness working against you. We just learned that in verse 13. Forces of darkness working against you. So it's not that God doesn't hear your prayers. There's an epic battle going on in the spiritual realm, friend. That's what's going on. And the battle with Daniel, it got so ferocious that God had to send the mightiest of angels, Michael, a warrior angel, to handle the business. But that God has that at his disposal. He's got the mighty angels. And he's fighting your battles for you. You need to understand that. You've got to get it in your head that what you see in the natural realm with your eyes is not all there is to it. There's a very real war going on right now. And it's not against each other. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities of darkness, of evil. We have a spiritual enemy. His name is Satan. And he's got an entire army of demons that he uses to do his bidding. You need to know this, not to be afraid. I'm not telling you this to scare you. No, I'm telling you this so your eyes will be opened and you will see what's really going on. You're in the middle of a battle. So I want to give you five things. I'm going to give them to you quickly. Five things that Satan does that you need to be aware of as you are in this battle. First thing, Satan loves to blind the minds of unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age, 
the God with a little case G, not a capital G, not Yahweh, the one true God, the God of this world, the prince of darkness, the God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers. Now, this is what that looks like. An unbeliever sitting in church, hearing the word of God, hears the word of God, but for some reason just can't seem to pay attention. Starts thinking about what he's got to do later that afternoon, maybe going to the grocery store, maybe thinking about work tomorrow. Satan is trying to blind the mind, trying to stop them from hearing the truth with a capital T, God's truth, because if they hear the truth and then they experience the truth, they're going to be free. And Satan doesn't want anyone free. No, he wants to keep us all chained up, chained up in a prison of addiction, of poverty, of anger, of lust, anything that will keep us on the road to eternal torment in hell. That's his game plan. Satan tries to blind the mind of the unbelievers so they won't hear the truth. The second thing he does, Satan wants to steal God's word from you. Maybe there have been times in your life, you know, you heard something about God, you heard the word of God, and it moved you. Something in your spirit stirred. You might have even asked Jesus to come into your heart. But then you got up the next day, and life just went on as usual. And you're wondering, what was all that? What happened? Where did all that go? Jesus tells us in Matthew 13, 19, he says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and he snatches it away, whatever was sown into that person's heart. Satan steals away the word of God. The third thing he loves to do, Satan wants to trap you into a dangerous lifestyle of destructive sin. If there is any point of weakness in your life, I mean any point of weakness, something will always come to tempt you to fall back on that weakness. That's a fact. Let me give an example of what that looks like. Say you're trying to leave the party lifestyle, trying to walk away from it. You want to get out of it. All of a sudden, what's going to happen? Your friend's going to call and say, hey, man, let's go out and party. Another example, say you're trying to purify your mind, get your thoughts right, get your heart right. Next thing you know, there's some kind of thing or image you see that creates a lustful thought. That's how he works. Or maybe you're trying to get a handle on your spending, maybe get out of debt. You're checking your emails innocently and boom, there's an email, Amazon Prime Day. The enemy's trying to trap you. Wherever you're weak, that's his point of entry. That's where he will attack you. Paul talks about this in 2 Timothy 2.26. Satan blinds the mind of unbelievers to keep them from accepting Jesus. He wants to steal God's word from your hearts. He wants to set traps to keep you in a lifestyle of destruction. And the fourth thing he does, Satan fights to stop the work of God in your life. Let me show you what that looks like. Say you're sitting in church. You hear a really good teaching on stewardship and tithing. You make a decision. That's what you're going to do. You sow a seed. The next day, your car blows up. What's happening? It's spiritual opposition. 
It's the forces of darkness fighting against you. Anytime you set your mind to do what God is telling you to do, that's what's going to happen. The forces of darkness are trying to stop you. Paul talks about this too. 1 Thessalonians 2.18, this is what he said. Paul says, we wanted very much to come, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan stopped us. Satan tries to block the work of God in our lives. He is a very real enemy, y'all, and he's fighting against you. He blinds the mind of unbelievers, steals God's truth from your heart, won't let it get into your heart, sets up traps to keep you in destructive sin. He tries to block God's work in your life and his ultimate goal, the fifth thing he does Satan plans to destroy you. I'm not talking about playing around. Destroy. Destroy. 1 Peter 5.8 says, The devil roams around like a lion. Like a lion. There's only one lion. There's only one lion. And that's the lion in the tribe of Judah. And he paid the ultimate price to defeat Satan. But it doesn't matter. Satan's always posing. He's a trickster. He's a trickster. He's a fake. He roams around like a lion. But what's he doing? He's looking for somebody to devour. That's his whole motive right there. Boom. You want to know what he's up to? That's what he's up to. He's not your friend. He is not your friend. Do not think for one second he is your friend. He hates you. He hates you with a ferocious hatred. And he'll lie to you. He'll try to make you think it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Just do that. That makes you happy. It's all right. God will forgive you later. It's okay. Just do it one more time. Nobody's going to get hurt. That's a lie. Let me tell you this again. He hates you. He wants to kill you. He hates you more than you can even imagine. I cannot say that enough, y'all. He's not your friend. He wants to destroy everything that matters to God. Everything. Every single thing. There's some zero game with him. He wants to take it all. And he don't want to just take it. He wants to destroy it. He wants to destroy your marriage. Devil loves divorce. He loves divorce because you know why? Because he knows that's going to dump a whole lot more trauma on you. And the children. He hates marriage. He loves divorce. And speaking of your children, the devil wants to destroy your children, y'all. He ain't playing around. This is not a game. This is a battle. This is a war. This is a nuclear war for you, for your children, for your family. He wants your children to be so confused about their own identity that they'll live their entire life in confusion and pain. That's his goal. And he certainly doesn't want them to have children themselves. Oh, no. Forbid that your children raise up a whole other generation of kingdom warriors to fight against his evil. Absolutely not. That's not what he's going to let happen. And Satan wants you chained up. He wants you chained up in bondage to keep you from doing everything that God wants you to do. To keep you from moving forward God's kingdom. So he used stuff like rejection. So every single one of your relationships is a train wreck. He'll use addiction. Whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography, shopping, Anything he can do to keep you bound in chains so that you will not be able to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and you will never be able to help others get free also. That's his sum game. That's it. That's his point. 
we got to see with our eyes that there is so much more than what we see with our eyes. There's a supernatural realm, and it's a real battle, and you're in the middle of it. We have to see that. And it's a battle for your life. So what do we do? It's a lot of bad news, right? It's not bad news, y'all. That's wisdom. Soak it up. Get in your brain. You need to know your enemy. You need to know what he's doing. You can't fight an enemy. You don't know his tactics. You don't know where he is. I'm telling you to help you see what's really going on here. But here's the deal. What do we do now? We fight back. That's what we do. You don't sit around and let the enemy just come at you crazy. No, you get up and you fight back because guess what? The game's already been won. The war is over. We won. Jesus won. But we have a real battle. We still have to fight it. There's a difference between a battle and a war. Battle is little, bit, little by little, little things that you hit or you face little by little. The war is the entire thing. The war is won, but there's still going to be battles. That's right. the war is won. Ephesians 6.13 tells us exactly how we fight. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Every day is evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit and all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That's a lot of words, but I'm about to tell you what it means. We fight with the tools that God gave us. His armor. Our own strength's not going to cut it. We need the armor of God. And you start with the helmet of salvation. What is that? Thank you for asking. You will never, ever be able to fight successfully against the enemy until you surrender your life to Jesus. That's it. Now I'm going to be real clear about what that means. Salvation does not come by doing good deeds Or maybe even being a nice person. We are only saved by the grace of God. The undeserved, unmerited favor of God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. You must truly believe with all your heart and accept that Jesus is who he says he is. And then you got to let him lead your life. That is salvation. That is the helmet of salvation that protects you. Then you can put on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, church word, just means right standing with God. And we're only made righteous through Jesus Christ. Bible says all of our good works are filthy rags. Every good thing that you do for somebody else, filthy rags. Righteousness only comes through Jesus Christ. And it's when you give your life to him that you exchange your sinful lifestyle for his righteousness. And you know what happens then? God doesn't even see the sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ before you. And guess who else sees it? The enemy sees it. He sees the righteousness of Christ and he knows he's defeated. 
put on your breastplate of righteousness. And then you take up your shield of faith. Think about that. What does a shield do? It protects you. It protects you. Earlier I said you got to believe what he says. you got to believe. you got to have faith. That will protect you. Believe what God says. When the spiritual enemy hurls those fiery flaming darts at you, that's the negative thoughts, the accusations. When he's throwing that at you, your faith in God and what he says about you, what he says is what's going to protect your mind from those lies. That's your shield of faith. And then you wrap yourself in the belt of truth. Truth with a capital T. God's truth. Satan is the father of lies, y'all. The Bible says that's his native tongue. If he's talking, it's lies. Everything he tells you is a lie. There is no truth in it, not one bit. Everything, as in everything devil tells you is a lie but when you have the belt of truth god's word buckled around your waist you're secure in battle you're secure you know what god says and that truth gives you strength and it upholds you as you fight this battle and then you put on the shoes of the gospel of peace what does that mean the gospel simply means the good news of jesus christ when your feet, you put your shoes on, what do you put shoes on for? To protect your feet. So you can walk in some rough areas, right? But when your feet are covered with the good news of Jesus, then you can walk through any battle with perfect peace. You'll be fighting people looking around. Why is she so peaceful? Because you've got the shoes of the gospel of peace on you. You're fighting that battle with the tools that God gives us. And then you take up sword of the spirit which is the word of god hebrews 4 12 tells us that the word of god is sharper than any double-edged sword and it cuts through the nonsense cuts through the lies cuts through the deception and exposes the truth to combat the lies of the enemy you need some truth that is only found in god's word get you some battle scriptures y'all that's your sword your battle scriptures. You struggling with fear, fears coming at you, trying to fight for your mind, for your sense. What do you say? God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Devil, I'm not going to believe your lies. I will not fear this. I will not have anxiety. I will not go into a panic attack. And in the middle of a panic attack, you can still do it. It's never too late. God has not given me a spirit of fear. Get you some battle scriptures. That is your sword. That is your sword. Three different times, the devil came at Jesus all kinds of crazy. He came at him three times in the wilderness. And what did Jesus do? What did he do? He talked back. He quoted the word of God. It is written. And then what happened? The devil had to leave. Get you some battle scriptures. That is your sword. Sharper than a double-edged sword. That's sharp, y'all a lot about swords. I know a little bit about guns, but that sounds real sharp to me. Battle scriptures. That's your sword. And finally, we pray. What Elisha do? Don't be afraid. And then he prayed. We pray and we pray for each other. 
We pray for each other. This is very important, y'all. If you notice the armor of God, that covers all the front. Ain't nothing covering the back. We pray for each other. I need you to have my back when I'm in battle, and you need me to have your back when you're in battle. We pray for each other, and this is exactly why you need to get involved in this church community. God gave us a wonderful family. We're the bride of Christ. We're family. Get involved in this community. Start serving each other. Get to know each other. Spend some time together. You need each other. We need each other. When you're battling, you need somebody to be praying for you. Your unsaved friends, they ain't going to help you. They don't even know how to help you. Get involved here. Get you some friends here. Build some new friendships. I don't like making new friends, y'all. I get it. I, I, I'm, I hate to say that. I just, you know, it's a lot. You know, a lot of people and stuff, and you got to be vulnerable. I don't like doing that. I get it. Do it anyway. You need some Christian friends to have your back. You need it. We need it. God created us for relationships. You've got to have friends that have your back in a spiritual battle. We are in a fight for our lives, a spiritual battle for ourselves and for our families. And we need each other and we need the full armor of God if we are going to make it. I know I preached long today. I've been saving this up. And I appreciate your patience and your attention. But we need to remember, friends, this is foundational stuff. We are in a battle. We have to see things with our spiritual eyes. There's more than what we see going on around us. We are in this world, but our battles, they're in the spiritual realm. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against powers and principalities and rulers of a dark world. But guess what? God did not leave us alone in this battle. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't leave us alone in the battle. He's always with us. He's always with us, and he gave us the tools that we need to win. To win. doesn't mean things aren't going to come at you, but you don't have to fear it. You don't have to fear it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus, he already won the battle. It's done. He won the war. 1 John 4, 4 says that if you're a child of God, then you've already overcome the enemy because the one who is in you, that's Jesus, is greater than all the forces of darkness in this world. If you're a believer, friend, when you fight, you're fighting for You're not fighting for victory. When you fight as a believer, as a child of God, you are not fighting for victory. You are fighting from victory. Bow your heads for me, please. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your word. It is truly life. It's alive. I thank you for your word. I thank you for giving us eyes of so we can understand it. Lord, I thank you for giving us ears to hear so that we'll know the truth because your truth is what's going to set us free. Thank you for your word, Lord. I pray, Father, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that you just continue to draw them in, wrap them up with bands and cords of your love and your mercy, and let them know they're not alone in this. 
they're not alone in this. You love every one of us, Lord. But I pray that if there's someone here, Father, and they've never surrendered to your son, Jesus Christ, Father, I pray that you just quicken their spirits, give them the boldness and the courage they need to surrender it all to you right now in this moment, Lord. And even if if any of them here, any of us here have gotten a little off course, Lord, draw us back to you. Draw us back to you so we can understand that you are fighting our battles. We're never alone. Lord, help us see the battle going on around us and help us lean into you for the help that we need to fight effectively. Father, again, if there's anybody here who doesn't know you,